Welcome to Open Banking Expo Unplugged, bringing you the brightest minds in open banking, open finance and beyond. Hello and welcome to this uh, special episode of Open Banking Expo Unplugged, which is all about entering this year's Open Banking Expo Awards. Now, the awards recognise the innovators, the disruptors and the visionaries from around the world who are at the forefront of open banking. This year, the awards will take place on the 7th of July at the Riverbank Park Plaza in London. It promises as always, to be a really fun evening. But before all of that, here at Open Banking Expo, we want to see as many entries from across the industry as possible. So the deadline to get your awards entries into Open Banking Expo is the 1st of April. It's fast looming. And with that in mind, I've invited two of our awards judges to join me and explain what they're looking for from this year's entries and why you should enter at least one category if you haven't done so yet. They'll have plenty of top tips and insights for you all. So let me introduce our judging panel co-chairs. We have Dr. Ruth Vanderhofer, CEO of Leximar and chair of the PSR panel. And my second guest is David Parker, CEO of Polymath Consulting. So welcome both of you today. And I've got plenty of questions for you. Um, I know that obviously uh, many people will have experience of entering the Open Banking Expo Awards. Others, this might be their first year. So I'm hoping we can get to the bottom of what you're looking for as co-chairs of the judging panel. Um, first of all, Ruth, let's start with you. I'm interested to hear what aspect of being an Open Banking Expo Awards judge you enjoy the most. Thank you very much, Ellie. Yes, uh, what I enjoy most is actually seeing so many different entries. For me, um, it's really important to see innovative business models, different ideas of how we can leverage open banking. We talk a lot about open banking moving into open finance, but we actually need to see a lot more scalable solutions in the market. So I'm very excited to see as many entrants as possible. And I would very much uh, underline what you just said. The more entries, the better, because even if you don't win, it means that a lot of people are aware of what you do. And that is really the first step to enter the market. So very excited to see lots of unique, uh, cool propositions. Absolutely. David, what about you? What what um, what do you enjoy most about the judging aspect of, of all of this? Oh, well, of course, reading the entries. Um, and as Ruth said, it's all about seeing the, the latest, newest, most exciting things out there. There's always something when you go through them that catches your eye and you go, oh, didn't know that or that's exciting and that's interesting. Um, and it gives you a real feel as well to where the market's going. You know, we spend a lot of our lives, you know, in business as usual type mode and, and working with clients. And the awards to me are really a great way of seeing, well, what's you know, being done out there that's really, really the trendsetters. Um, and also to me, I think for, for, people, for clients out there, it's, it's a great way of them seeing, I suppose, what's coming and therefore what do they want to be working with and who do they want to be working with. So along with what Ruth said, yes, entering isn't only about winning, it's also about getting some great exposure. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And, and so look, with that in mind, then, I'm interested to hear uh, from both of you. Uh, but let's start with, with you, David. What are some of the key characteristics of an award-winning entry, in, in your opinion? An award-winning entry to me is actually really simple. Um, it's about answering the question. Now, I know that sounds a bit maybe condescending, but you get a lot of entries in that, that don't. So first of all, enter the award 
that's relevant for what you're trying to win. Um, you know, actually put in a relevant category entry. Secondly, um, read the criteria. What criteria are the judges going to be using to judge that award? And answer that criteria. So I always say to me, the perfect entry has a one paragraph executive summary that explains, you know, why you're the best or whatever. Um, it then goes on to answer against each of the judging criteria why you should win the award. You then might put a couple of pieces of supporting information. You can, uh, and you've got to fit obviously into the word count of 1,250. But most importantly, and it's really important on this. People who say to me, oh, we've had a 300% increase in take up. I go, great. So that means you've gone from one person using it to three. Seriously, if you're going to put data in, put real data. You can mark it for the eyes of judges only, but put real data in. Otherwise, unfortunately, judges are very, um, I suppose, conservative people, and they might just assume the worst on everyone in terms of percentage increases. And I know it sometimes takes sign-offs to get real data in there, but without real data on a lot of the awards, it's very hard to prove it's the best, it's the most innovative and everything else. And finally, if you've got room, put a couple of client quotes who are actually using it or name some clients that are using it. Again, you know, saying, you know, we've had great take-up of this award by five major banks. Great. But then you don't say who the banks are. So how do I know they're major? Which countries are they major in? You know, they could be in Uzbekistan and very, you know, give us the, the real data behind what you're saying, not just bland statements. Ruth, anything? Yeah, it's hard to add anything on this one, but um, I agree. I think keep it simple, keep it very concise. And I would very much agree. It's all about the KPIs real data that makes real sense, not just relationship data, relative data, but, but benchmark yourself um, if you can against other competitors in that area. And for me, it's also really important to show wherever it is possible that you co-created with clients, that you've got client feedback that guided you in your product development um, and also show the ability to scale um, if that's already possible. So uh, I can only concur with David's points and get the data uh, clear and speaking. Yeah, I think, again, really good point there. Um, it, it's very easy, isn't it, to make quite sweeping uh, statements, generalizations in, in awards entries. And actually, the judges, um, from your point of view, you want to know the, the specifics, really. Um, well, look, um, you mentioned there, David, um, the criteria, and, and obviously there is um, an Open Banking Expo Awards website, so you can um, see the full list of, of criteria on that. If you go to openbankingexpo.com, there is um, a section at the top of the page uh, titled Awards that will take you to the awards website. Um, now, I'm interested to hear from you both with a few kind of top tips, if you like. So, Ruth, let's start with you. Have you got any tips for companies, whether it's a high street bank or, or you know a much smaller fintech that are entering this year's awards perhaps for the first time what would what would be your your kind of biggest tips you could give them about their approach really yeah i think it's it's all about being really clear as to why you're different why you're new what you're bringing to the market and how you really um, help accelerate the uptake of open banking i think that context is really important because really trying to create a much more 
agile ecosystem for payments where more people can play, more customer solutions can flourish, and we're not just limited to the traditional sort of cards world or the traditional, you know, I go to my banking counter. So I think within the open banking context, think about all the things that you are doing in a special way that's different to others, and it really doesn't matter whether you're very small or, or bigger. Um, it's often the idea and the ability to execute and of course, for the execution at scale, you can always partner, um, you can convince others even through the entry and your presentation um, in, the, in this judging context um, that there is something that others should basically partner with you. Because what we've seen in the last few years is that banks are very open to interesting partnerships with fintechs. Um, and of course, data is here the underlying you know, message. How can we intelligently use data to create real answers and real problem solving for people in the market beyond just the specifics of, of just a payment application. Um, I think that would be the thing. So don't be shy, but, but coming back to David's earlier comment, be very clear and concise. What are you doing? How are you doing it differently? How do you measure it? And how you integrate client feedback loops to make sure that you're really um, basically at the, at, the, at the buying side so that you don't come up with something that has been incredibly invented, but no one will eventually buy it. You have to be very close to your clients. Yeah, uh, yeah, a good point there. And, and David, look, Ruth's given some great tips, but of course, you know, we, we might have entries this year from companies that have entered in the past. Maybe they haven't won. Um, perhaps um, they've still... Um, they're still kind of trying to hone and refine their entry. So what tips might you have for those those sorts of entries? I'm going to come back to what I said on the previous session, data, real data points. Um, so many times we get entries in which will talk about a 5,000% increase in take up with the top 10 banks. And the judges look at each other and go, okay, there's no actual data in there. There's lovely, you know, sort of, adjectives in terms of how you're doing but there's no actual data in there and if there's no data in there we can't judge it um, just remember this a judge will only judge you based on what you put on the piece of paper so it doesn't matter how big or how small a company is we almost walk into a room with a, a blank mind and we score it based on what is on the paper in front of us. We don't bring into that room and say, oh, yes, I know that company and they do X, Y and Z. No, we only score you on what you put down on the bit of paper. I've had categories and judging awards in the past where companies who are very large companies who've said it said background to the company. And it's just put honestly, they put in there. We are well known. And we just scored them zero, therefore, because you're not well known to us. On that piece of paper, you're not known at all. You're zero. So therefore, please put down any information you want us to judge, because if it's not on that piece of paper, we will not score it. OK, I think that that's probably a really useful uh, thing for companies entering to, to bear in mind. And as you, you know, kind of leads me on to my next question, actually, the fact that you're saying you know, you're just looking at what they have put down on this piece of paper, you know. So when it comes to actually gathering together for the judging process, do you um, have any preferences for how awards entries are, are presented, given that obviously that there is a, a, a 1,250 uh, word limit? But, you know, in terms of presentation, is is that also important, just, just so you can kind of take in that information, uh, David? Again, I'll come back to what I said right at the beginning, which is, 
my my personal preferred way of doing it, and I think it's been very successful entrance in the past, is a short paragraph at the beginning. So remember this: a judge doesn't know anything about you. So you're entering, you know, an award, say, you know, best anti-fraud solution or best open banking payments project. Yeah, you know, give me a short paragraph at the beginning that says, right, this is what we do, and this is why we should win the award. Basically, an executive summary. So at least I know. Then you can go on to addressing each of the criteria. If there's four or five criteria against each criteria, why should you win the award based on the criteria we're judging? And then give me the data to support that. It was really that simple. And don't forget, the judges, when we're scoring, if it says we've got a judging criteria, it means we're probably going to have to allocate 10 points or up to 10 points for that criteria. If we've got to try and work out where in the 1,200 words you answer that criteria, that's a lot of work for us and we're bound to miss some. If, on the other hand, you say, here's the criteria, number one, and here's how we meet it, and here's criteria number two, and here's how we meet it, obviously, we're going to make sure we, you know, you're maximizing the points you can be allocated for that criteria score. Yeah, that's a really helpful way of doing it. Sorry, Ruth, do chip in on this as well. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also thinking about what uh, additional things you submit. So you've got the word count for the actual pitch, but then you have the opportunity to provide, you know, a presentation or a little video. And I think depending on the solution, feel free to be creative, but very much to the point. We like to see things that are short and concise. And sometimes you might be able to capture something in a very powerful way with a little video, which, of course, is always enjoyable to see. And we might even play it at the uh, at the awards. So that's just to add. OK, yeah, that, that's um, a, possibly a, a kind of format that many people might not have, have realised they could use or, or just hadn't really thought about how they might use a video. So I think um, it's really important to remind people that, yeah, it's um, there are some some alternatives there if, if just kind of putting kind of stats and, and words down on the entry form don't always appeal or, or, or perhaps don't seem to make the most of, of, of the category you're entering, I suppose. Um, well, look, um, we've had obviously, um, you know, over the years, uh, different categories introduced. Um, and I think it might be helpful if, if Ruth and David, you can run through any of the new ones this year that perhaps you'd like to alert, uh, you know, high street banks and, and fintechs too. Um, Ruth, are there any that stand out for you this year in particular? Yes, yeah, so we've got three new ones, uh, best use of open banking by non-financial service company, best anti-fraud solution and best open banking payments project. And I'm sort of, as a payment geek for decades, I'm quite excited about the best open banking payments project because I know that there's so many different pieces that can form part of it. We talked about data, we talked about analytics, we talked about the payment connectivity, uh, but also it's to do with you know elements such as FX, there could be a number of things that are part of that bigger payment journey. Uh, it could even go into, you know, how do you onboard customers and then execute the payment? So I think the end-to-end -end payment value chain is so interesting and becoming more and more interesting with open banking solutions that are plugged in at various points that I'm quite excited to see um, what people come up with in that area because it could really lead to beyond payments, which is you know what we talked about in terms of open finance. How much else can we put into that value chain that really plays on data, solves problems and creates opportunity? Funnily enough, Ruth, you know, the first one you mentioned actually has me more excited for that same reason, though. It's, it's about non-financial services companies. So, you know, we've got Nectar these days using open banking AIS data to drive loyalty. 
and to collect loyalty information. We've got companies out there, not really, that, that are not financial services companies that are now starting to see the power of using data and accessing to information, whether it's the payment transaction history or anything, to really create interesting uh, and dynamic propositions. And of course, you know, given that we've just seen Credit Qdos being purchased by Apple yesterday, you know, that's a non-financial services company buying into open banking heavily there. You know, what more could we say to people? You know, this is the way things are going. You know, this is going to be exciting to see what comes out on this category. Yeah, I think you're right. Some really uh, exciting new categories this year. The third one, of course, that you mentioned, Ruth, was best anti-fraud solution. So I'm sure we'll get some great entries for all three of those. But um, look, as I said in my kind of introduction, you know, it may be that that people listening to this podcast, they, they've perhaps thought about entering the awards in the past, or maybe they haven't even known about the awards. So this is the first time they're hearing about them, or, or they're a bit undecided, perhaps, about whether they want to enter. Because obviously, you know, it takes a lot of time and, and resource, you know, to to um, decide, first of all, the categories you're going to enter, and, and then obviously, fill the, fulfill those criteria and, and put together your entries. So um, if there's anyone listening who who's a bit undecided, um, how how can you convince them, Ruth, that they should enter into the awards this year? What would you say to persuade them? I would say if you if you if you're working on something exciting, which is almost an assumption you have to make, right? Because otherwise you wouldn't be investing your time in it, um, you should enter no matter what, because otherwise we will not be aware of you. The market will not be aware of you. This is a great platform to create awareness. Um, it's a great opportunity even for us judges and the broader ecosystem to come back to you individually um, and give you feedback, get excited about it, share some more insights, and also don't forget the ability of you to network with other firms that have submitted their entries. I think we will have a pool of different businesses, small, medium, and potentially larger that are all competing to win, but at the same time being aware of each other and what they do. I mean, David just mentioned Credit Kudos. A few years back, that company didn't even exist, right? These are all companies that we've seen rise through the ranks, become visible as part of those types of awards. And that's why I would say, um, if you have something that is even near a minimum buyer product, enter rather now than later, because it might even help you in funding rounds going forward. Yeah, I'm sure, David, you're equally as keen that um, both companies that haven't entered before and, and those that have do so again this year, right? Well, yes, because the other thing is, you know, we're increasingly getting more and more people both attend the awards um, and come to them. And, and whether it's raising money or whether it's just looking for partners, you know, raising your profile at these type of events is very, very effective at both getting new business and also in helping raise money. So I can't you know, highlight enough how important it is that it really does give you a great opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, there's a few things uh, we've we've mentioned that I'll, I'll just run over before we kind of bring the podcast to an end. So um, I, I know I've spoken already about the fact that we have an Open Banking Expo Awards website, which you can uh, visit, of course, find out plenty more about the categories. Uh, you can see who is on the judging panel for this year's awards. Um, but just to quickly run through a few things, as we mentioned earlier, the words count limitation is 1,250. And as Ruth mentioned, you 
can supply two additional pieces of supporting information, um, including a video link, uh, if if you wish. Um, there's obviously a full list of, of criteria for all the categories on the website, so I won't run through all of that now. But uh, just a reminder that the entry deadline is the 1st of April and that we have three new awards categories this year, which is really exciting. Um, so uh, if you are in any doubt whether you should enter this year, hopefully Ruth and David have convinced you. And uh, hopefully we'll see you all at the event in July. Uh, but all it leaves me to say is, Ruth and David, thank you so much for your time today. Um, great to have you on the podcast. And uh, I'm sure you're looking forward to seeing those entries over the next couple of weeks and months. Yeah, great. Looking forward, Eddie. Thanks. Cheers. Bye-bye.